Hello and welcome to the Big Bright podcast. I'm Amy, the marketing executive at Bright, and today we'll be chatting about something we've not talked about in a long time, events. Real life, in-person events. I'm joined by Gemma Shaw, Managing Director of Inside Out Events, who specialise in designing and building stands, an essential component for any business wishing to, quite literally, stand out to in-person events. In this episode, we'll be discussing what makes a great stand to engage visitors with, how to work with your sound designer, and what you need to look out for as we emerge from the pandemic. So welcome, Gemma. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're absolutely thrilled to have you. It's so great to finally be talking about real events. Virtual has been a great substitute, but it's not quite the same thing. To give our listeners a bit of context, we are working with you for our stand at the B2B Marketing Expo that's happening in November. Just to give them a little insight into you, tell us a little bit about Inside Events and your role there, please. Firstly, thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be here. So Inside Out specializes in the design and build of exhibitions stands on a global scale we mainly work at venues in the UK and a lot in like the Netherlands France and Germany but we also do stands outside of Europe and countries such as Dubai and the US where we all design the stand and plan everything for the customer but another company will build it in that country obviously because we can't be in Dubai and the USA to build exhibition stands we're predominantly a family-based business originally it used to be my dad my stepmom my brother my uncle my cousin worked here too and a lot of old school friends as well but since the pandemic we've had to downscale and now there's just myself and my cousin left out of the family and some of the older staff have stayed as well we're based in reddit which is in the West Midlands. So good transport links to the whole of the UK. That's us in a nutshell. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well, the advantage of having a family run business, I guess you get to work a lot closer with your clients. It might make me a really rubbish salesperson because uh, I find myself <laughs> being a bit too honest with customers. I sort of treat customers as I would my family members. I kind of work with customers more on a personal level, I'd say. So if something's really not going to work in what they want on their stand, I will let them know that in advance rather than sort of selling the dream I think sometimes that works in our favor and other times it doesn't we sort of get to know customers on a more personal level yeah honesty is definitely best policy isn't it so I think that's brilliant so I know that you're now the managing director is this something you've always wanted to do with your career my dad's worked in events for say 20 years he's had events business for the last 14 years ish I never even considered that I would ever go down that path and I went to university and I studied fashion buying and merchandising I worked as a assistant buyer for a year and then went into recruitment I suppose I have always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit though because after a few months in the recruitment agency I was working at I decided to set up on my own so myself and my friends we started a recruitment agency and we specialized in fashion buying and merchandising roles which is what I studied at university did that for a few years whilst I was doing that I was still living with my dad at the time and hearing more and more about his business and all the things that he does learning more about it I mean I did used to do the odd bits of work for him school holidays and stuff but I'd find it a bit boring it would just be going to a show and putting some graphics up on exhibition stands for him not the most enlightening of work um <laughs> but yeah as I lived with him and was sort of growing tired of recruitment I went with to him one day and sort of said can I look at joining 
your business. Something that I did miss out as well, actually, is he had one events business for a few years and then he bought another events business, which we used to build the stands for when the guy retired. He wanted to try and keep the customers, but after buying the business, he didn't really do anything with it, didn't really have much time because he had so much going on with his other business. So yeah, I went to him and proposed that, can I join and, and see what I can do with that business that's a bit dormant at the minute? So I joined in 2016 and yeah, grew the business by about 200% in the first year. That's amazing. Yeah, just really got my teeth sunk in from there and loved everything about it. And here we are five years later. Dad's actually moved away now to concentrate on another business that he has in Cornwall. He's took a lot of the rest of the family with him. Yeah, so I've just left it all to me. So I think I took over as MD in June. So not too long ago now, but sounds like the business spirit runs in the family. That's amazing. And I understand that you got a 30 under 30 award as well last year. So I did. Yeah, absolutely amazing for what you did for the company and what time to achieve it as well. That's quite incredible. Yeah. So I was elected for the 30 under 30 award. It was there's a company called Exhibition News who just produce all information about the exhibition industry and they sort of run the award. And I was elected for all the work that I've done for Inside Out up, up until this point, as well as all the stuff that I did to help the business survive the pandemic. And yeah, I was lucky enough to win that award alongside 29 others. That's fantastic. Congratulations. So getting into the events industry, what do you love most about it? I love the diversity of the business the most. No day is the same. No exhibition stands the same. No customers the same either. I love how it challenges you to adapt to new environments and new people all the time. Whilst I'm not a technical designer, I also like, enjoy the creative side of it all. Like I, I work a lot with the designer coming up with ideas for the stands and stuff. So yeah, I just really like that. There's so much variation to the business. And where do you get your inspiration for designs? I suppose in the same question, are there any tips you can give to businesses who are designing stands? Like where can they go for inspiration? Is it, you know, do you just Google it or do you like do some drawing? Like yeah, what do you do to get that inspiration? For me, I spend a lot of time in exhibition halls. So I get to see a lot of what other businesses are doing. So I guess for people who are exhibiting for the first time, it would be worth them looking at the event that they're planning to exhibit at and having a look at customers who have exhibited there before and see if they can find what the stands have looked like. So there's a lot of that mainly just, you know, picking up things that you've seen out and about on the exhibition floor. But I'd say a lot more lately as well, because home trends are being incorporated into exhibition stands more. We do get like a lot of inspiration by what we see in the shops and what we like for our homes as well. So, okay. So like an interior design-y kind of like feel that people are going for. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So tell us about why it's important that businesses need to get their stands right at events. So I think I've read somewhere previously that companies generate approximately a third of their revenue from exhibiting events. Therefore, if you're going to, you know, generate a third of your revenue, you want to make sure you're investing the right sort of money into it. I mean, exhibiting is really expensive. You tend to pay anywhere between like 200 to 400 pound per square meter just for the space alone. And then again, if not more to fill the space. So nobody can afford to waste money. You need to make sure you make an impact and either have somebody within the business or outsource somebody who knows what they're doing. Exactly. So just like you. So yeah, we came to you, uh, I think it was last year for the event that was then cancelled, obviously. And I know that uh, Vic, who was working with you at the time, like she'd never done anything like this before. So you were like amazing at helping her understand the things that she needs to bear in mind, which brings me nicely onto my next question. What tips do you have for businesses who are ordering sounds for the first time? What should they be looking out for and what should they avoid? Okay, so I'd say the first thing to outline is your budget 
budget. What can you afford to spend on the event? For example, if you've got a 15 grand budget and there's no point booking a huge space and spending, say, £10,000 on your space, leaving with just five grand to fill the space because you're just not going to make the stand look good with a fraction of your budget filling the space. Nobody really cares about how big your stand is. People are attracted to how it looks. So if you are a bit limited on budget, I would recommend, you know, you go in with a smaller stand space and then spending more money on filling the stand and just put some really nice fancy features on that are really going to grab people's attention. At the end of the day, image is everything. Another thing to consider, I'd say, is factoring all your other costs, like your staff expenses and your hotels and your travel. Make sure you've got that within your budget. Think about what staff you're actually going to send to the show. You want someone upbeat and personable, not someone who's going to be maybe stood on the phone at all times. Very important. Yeah, (laughs) no phones. Another thing to consider is what your aim is for the event. Are you going to try and find new customers or are you going to meet up with current customers? Half of my customers will be going to look at picking up new customers. So in that case, they're just wanting to try and meet as many people as possible while they're there. Therefore, they're wanting to get people on and off the stand as quick as they can. So they don't really opt for having a meeting area as such because the longer you sat down with one customer, the less time you're going to spend with another because most of the time at a business event, you're not doing any deals on the exhibition stand. You're just going to meet people and show them who you are, what you can do and the hard work is then after the show of going back to those customers and then um, giving them more information about the business. If your aim is to then be just meeting up with current customers, in that case, you might want a meeting room because, you know, if you've got a customer who spends 10 grand a year with you, you don't just want to be fobbing them off at the show. So you might want to sit down and spend more time with them, you know, just catching up about general things. Are there any like little bits that people forget? I know that we were thinking about like electricity points and storage and stuff like that. What are some little bits that people might forget and need to bear in mind? Everyone's going to need electric for their stand. I mean, if you're working with the stand builder, a lot of the time, they will sort that for you but I suppose that comes back to cost as well things you don't really think about is the fact that you're going to need power to your stand and the electric at shows is very expensive just for like a 500 watt socket you're looking at paying like nearly 200 pound a lot of the time for it wow (laughs) so I guess if you know the price that the electrical costs are quite high as well you might also want to consider what electrical appliances you're putting on your stand if you're going to put a coffee machine on there it's going to need three kilowatts of power you're going to be looking at spending six £600 just on the power for that coffee machine so just sort of weigh up is it worth having the machine and paying all that for electric or would it work for you to go and those customers that you spend more time with going to the Starbucks on site and buying them a coffee there instead another thing I just thought of that you might want to consider when planning an exhibition stand is what exactly do you need on your stand most people will have like a reception or greeting counter people will have a screen a lot of the time and a storage room tends to be quite important for a lot of people just so you can put your personal belongings in there and it's also a bit of a sanctuary for people who are working on the stand if they want to go and have five minutes on the phone I mean you stood up for like nine hours a day a lot of the time at a show you do need that sort of time to breathe so they are a good space to sort of lock yourself away for 10 minutes and then come back out to the stand because obviously like I said before it doesn't look great having a mobile phone out on the exhibition stand when you're trying to meet customers yeah it, it can be quite intense at events can't it yes it's very important to have some space to get away do you have any advice on stand positioning when you were talking to the event organizers 
advisors about sort of bargaining where you're going to sit. When we spoke to ours, they were saying like, you know, you don't want to be near the back wall. You also don't want to be near the center stage because people probably won't come to your stand. They'll be too focused in the middle. Yeah. Where's the best area inside an event to put your stand? The organizers are right in saying that a lot of the time. You are obviously going to be better off if you're closer to the entrance or if you've got a stand that's facing like a main walkway or if you're near a coffee, a place where people get coffee or if you're near a lot of events tend to have like a like a meeting zone where you can get coffee and cake and stuff in the center of the hall it's always good to be around there because obviously you're going to get a lot of people congregating around there and saying that most people who are attending an event are going for a purpose and they're looking for, for something for their business or for something for them personally so most of the time people will walk up and down every single aisle whilst you are probably going to get more of a footfall in those busier areas like the entrance area and, and around any sort of coffee or meetup areas for anyone who's actually looking for something at a show you're not really going to miss out on the business yeah okay oh that's really interesting yeah i hadn't thought of that you mentioned earlier about certain trends with stands does the sound industry currently have any trends at the moment that we should be aware of about five or ten years ago it was like a big thing where everyone wanted to incorporate their logos into their exhibition stands so with their fascias they would have on top of the stand they'd have like curves and stuff which mirror their logos or they'd have cutouts in their carpet with their logo on i mean this still does happen to an extent but it's a lot more subtle these days i'd say the current trends at the moment and our concentration on lighting that people are using so it used to be that people just have stem lights to the wall tops but now people are opting for more sort of having beams on the roof of their stand and then hanging ceiling lights or putting some sort of led tape into things there is a quite a trend for making exhibition stands start to feel a bit more homely so you'll see a lot more plants on stands more natural colors and wood you know a bit of an earthy feel to exhibition stands more sort of interior design vibes you'll you've seen a lot of artificial greenery on walls at the minute another trend is always av you know it's something that's always evolving so year on year you do need to keep up to date on what the latest is in av trends and ensure you're not using a 15 year old screen on the stand great so yeah lots of inspiration for people then who are thinking of designing stands so i think we have to talk about obviously the issues that have happened in the past year obviously it's affected events massively what has affected you the most and what kind of challenges are you still facing at the moment so during the pandemic we diversified and we were making outdoor buildings and storage crates for removals companies we were finding got to sort of last summer and we were finding that all the treated wood that we were trying to buy in for the sheds and gazebos etc that we were making was becoming really hard to get hold of and the prices started going up for it but we just didn't really consider that that's also could be an issue with exhibition stands so we've come back to starting to build exhibition stands now and finding that there is also issues with the wood that we use on exhibition exhibition stands the prices have rocketed massively the price of mdf and tuba one alone have gone up by about 140 percent since we lasted events wow it could be more than that i can't remember the exact figure but it is crazy so yeah i suppose that's a bit of a challenge and it's also trying to get customers to understand that we're not trying to rip them off or trying to get money back from losing during the pandemic is like a genuine reason that often to put prices up yeah another issue that we're probably gonna run into as well is transporting exhibition stands to Europe 
obviously we haven't worked since Brexit has happened. So what we're finding now is we're booking shows for the Netherlands and being told that there's a lot of extra paperwork to be completed. There's a cost with that as well. So yeah, there are a few hurdles being thrown our way since um, starting back up, but I'm hoping that it's all just temporary and we'll, we'll all come to grips with it soon. And yeah, I'm sure it will it all come back into place again. When is your first exhibition? So our first one is actually next week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Has that come around quite quickly or has it been, I suppose it's been quite stressful? It's exciting more than anything. Just happy to finally see events start taking place. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And we can't wait to get back into it again. So I think, yeah, my final question would be, do you have a feeling from exhibitors about how they're feeling about events opening up again? Yeah. Um, on the most part, all exhibitors are positive about it. I mean, everyone seems to have tried the digital side of things during the pandemic and most of the feedback I've had from it hasn't been great people are really excited to get back to live events so that's really good news for us and we're also excited to get back yeah brilliant so if anyone wants to find you or get your advice or you know hire you for their next stand how can they get in touch so we're currently in the process of having a new website built actually but that should be launching within the next couple of weeks that'll be insideout.events or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can email me, Gemma at insideout.eu.com. Brilliant. I will put those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. To join us at the B2B Marketing Expo in November, head over to b2bmarketingexpo.co.uk. Registration is completely free for visitors, and you can sign up to two days of speakers, networking events, masterclasses, and more, all in the name of marketing. B2B Marketing Expo takes place at the London Excel 16th to the 17th of November. We hope to see you there.